Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this exclusive opportunity to hear from the commissioning team across Sky's portfolio of channels. They'll be talking about their programme priorities and their plans for the year ahead. The senior team at Sky, led by Director of Programmes on my left, Sir Bennett, will be discussing their content plans. They'll be sharing their wish lists across a host of genres, drama, entertainment, comedy, arts and children's. And we'll also be hearing their views on how to resonate with their audiences. Sky's investment and commitment to original planning is at an all-time high. The team are going to be talking about recent commissions as well as looking to the future and talking through their ambitions for the channels, covering how they like to work with producers and support and attract on and off-screen talent. Let me introduce you to our panel. We have Zai Bennett, as I just mentioned, Cameron Roach, Director of Drama, John Montague, Head of Comedy, Lucy Murphy, Head of Kids Content, and Barbara Lee, Commissioning Editor for Entertainment and Arts. Can you start off maybe by talking us through what Sky's current strategy is going to be going forward into 2019? Well, um, Sky is a, a premium service. Uh, and what we're looking at when we're talking about the, the, the bit that we run, which is the wholly owned Sky Entertainment Channel, so that's Sky One, Sky Atlantic, Sky Witness, Sky Arts, and uh, our, our free-to-air portfolio, uh, is about shows that are our, our, our customers' favourite shows of the year. They have to be something that absolutely um, uh, provokes an emotional reaction that they adore, that they are glued to, that they, that they are keep subscribing to Sky for, and they see huge value in that subscription for. It's not about... Um, uh, so terrestrial channels and other channels you know, where you are filling a schedule and sort of maximising share here and there or trying to get ad revenue. We're about things people utterly love. And then, then the thing that this team and we do most of our time, um, it's, US shows are a big part of what we do and they're very important, but what we do most of the time is about our original shows. And what we're doing with those is really heavily leaning into the local aspect of those. That's our point of difference. I think we find us, we think we are, um, we're sort of a bit more audacious than free telly is. Uh, we take a few more risks, we're a bit more scale, we're a bit more ambitious, we like to think. Uh, and then in terms of our difference between the Netflixes and the Amazons, we are more local, we are, um, we are reflecting modern Britain. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And in terms of, obviously we've got indies here, we've got producers here, what do they like about working with Sky, do you think? And, and what do you do to attract them to work with Sky? Uh, well, hopefully they, they find us quick, we're efficient, we are as relatively a really small team, there's not that many of us, the, the guys only have a few people working for each of them in their, in their um, different genres. Um, we're also incredibly specific about what we want what we don't, and what we don't want. That, hopefully that can be helpful as well. Um, we're also really, uh, the team is massively empowered. If the team and I want to commission something, that's commissioned. It's, there is not a huge amount of process or wrangling, hopefully. We, you know, however, we, can be, we are very specific, as I said earlier, and uh, we're very exacting. There's a, huge, there's a very high bar for what we want at Sky. Um, but I think you'll, you'll see, especially with the, the environment as it is now, with the competition out there, is we're up more, more often than not, we're buying authorship. We're buying a vision. We're buying something that someone's come up with that's possibly been gestating with them for most of their adult life, you know, that, that people have been, especially in scripted. Um, and we often, we're investing in that. So it's a really intense and uh, uh, an exacting conversation to start with to make sure we all agree we're buying the same thing. But once we know we're, we're buying the same thing, we, we try to let people get on with it. You mentioned there um, that, that people can pitch to your notes, laid out very clearly on your website how people pitch to you, but you did mention things you like and things you don't like. I wonder if you could just clarify what are the things you like and don't like. Uh, personally, uh, I, love, I love nine o'clock starts uh, on, on Fridays. <laughs> Um, uh, you're lucky we're here, uh, and I'm impressed you are. Um, uh, so, so there are there are there are three main commissioning channels uh, for Sky. So that's Sky One, Sky Atlantic, and Sky Arts. The two that we spend the, the most, the biggest investment in are in One and Atlantic. 
Uh, Atlantic is very straightforward. It's original drama, and it's Chewy and Adult and Grown Up, but I'll let Cameron talk about that. And on Sky One, um, it's, a, it's an entertaining blockbuster channel. Things need to be fun, they need to be entertaining. Uh, you know, the difference between drama on those two channels, I'd say, is on, on Sky One, you know, the heroes and the villains will be clear. You'll get an outcome, uh, a, a resolution. On Sky Atlantic, it's just basically fucked up, morally ambiguous TV. Um, he'll tell me, I'm gonna get told off for laughing this. Um, uh, but th th there's this, th that's my distinction in my head. Um, and on Sky One, we also commission original, uh, it's the only place we put the original, all of our original comedy. Uh, I'll let John talk about that. But again, it's, it's sort of for after you put the kids to bed, it's a bit more grown up, a bit edgy, but it's laugh out loud and ma it's mainstream. Sky One's a mainstream channel. Uh, and we also have original entertainment and comedy entertainment, and I'll let Barbara go through that. But talent is a massive part of that, as you can see from that reel. Uh, and then Sky Arts. So, but we, outside of that, we don't want anything else. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> there's no factual. Uh, there's no, no, no. Apart from on Sky Arts, where we want very specific arts-led documentaries, mm -hmm. we don't want documentary. Um, and the sorts of drama and, and the comedy we want, are, I think, hopefully, are really clear. But I'll let the guys talk about it rather than steal their thunder. Absolutely. We'll be talking to everybody one to one. But I just wonder at that point, does anybody want to chip in? Does anybody have any particular views on that? Who disagrees? <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's true that we're very specific. I do think sometimes that can be frustrating for indies, but it does mean that we all run quite lean development slates because anything in funded development with us, we absolutely have a commitment to want to make it rather than running. And, and, and I think that should be really clear to anyone kind of pitching to us. We do say no a lot. I am yeah. aware of that. We, we develop to commission. We don't just develop because we, have a, have, we want to keep you from working elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> And in terms of the team, how do you all work together? How do you collaborate? I wonder if you can all talk me through that. Well, I would, uh, I mean, there's, there's crossovers everywhere. And I think particularly for mm. myself and John, we've mm. noticed a real comedy drama is a thing now. Mm. So it's important that we're not, our teams aren't siloed. A lot of our teams are kind of discussing projects together, yeah. aren't they? So we have regular routines, I would we go as far as to say, <laughs> um, which is, which is, <laughs> yeah, but we all, we're, we're a great team, I think. You know, I think that there's crossover with all of us. Lucy and I were just chatting, actually, about a, a comedy thing, which um, I can't say too much about. But, um, <laughs> but no, we, I, I think we work really, really closely and collaboratively. And I think together we... It, it, you know, it's quite, it's quite uh, tricky to sort of define some of the stuff we're after at times, but by sharing that, you know, by sharing those kind of creative visions, uh, we're able to get there more sort of... Um, you know, more, more quickly and more effectively. And for, and for me, um, I, you know, my, my half hours all sit at 10 p.m. on Sky One in the linear schedule. Um, I, you know, it, previously we've been, a, we've been all over the schedule, actually. We've done pre-watershed, we've done family-friendly stuff. Um, to, at 10 p.m., I think, Zai uses the term um, TV for after you put the kids to, to bed. Um, and that's a really useful... Uh, 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 proposition both to customers and the audience but also to indies actually because I think there's a distinct tone although there's range within it at 10pm um, to what we do but that's not about working closely together is it no but we all work really <laughs> the, I think this especially in scripted doesn't it the exciting areas where <laughs> where it's a bit grey and it's a bit round the edges is it comedy is it drama you know there's a lot of things that you know one of my favourite US shows of last year was Succession it's a brilliant drama it's bloody funny as well mm. it's like it's exciting things happen when in, in that area and we don't want to be siloed where you can't allow that to flourish uh, so the guys, m more than ever, you yeah. are integrating. But also um, for, for Lucy, I would say as yeah. well, because the success of the Athena, I think, is an interesting thing in terms of our evolution. I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. and you know, although most of the kids shows only play out on our um, either on our partner channels or in our um, 
on-demand section. We do have some shows that cross over onto Sky One, so Aliens Love Underpants and Panta Claus at Christmas, <laughs> um, and Moomin Valley, which is a really big, glossy family animated drama, which will start at Easter. Which we'll be hearing a little bit more about, I'm sure, uh, shortly. And then similarly with arts, I, I think with Barbara, Arts yeah. 50, you guys have circled some exciting newer talent. That absolutely, absolutely. But going back to the, how we all work together, I think we all, unlike maybe other broadcasters, as I said, we're very small, we're lean, so we talk a lot. We're all very aware of each other's slate. We talk a lot about talent. Sometimes we share talent across comedy, drama, and, and entertainment. So I think just having all of that communication, which we do regularly, means that we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, yeah. really. And we all, you know, I'd like to think we all promote externally what the, what the channels are looking for and who we like to work with and what the tone is, which I think is really important for Sky. And also, if, if John says no to something, he has probably discussed it with our team as well. So I think... Don't in the punt it in again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're, yeah, I think in, in, in some situations we can see that happening, that, yeah, because I think we're all aware of everyone's priorities quite mm. clearly. Yeah, aren't we? very, very clear. So there's no point in ringing your way around the no, different department. No. <laughs> if it happens, it's a no, it's a no. there's no point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. also, also, I would say don't, don't come to me because uh, me telling, uh, giving these guys an idea is the worst way you're ever going to get commissioned, because it instantly puts their backs up. <laughs> um, so I talked earlier about what Sky offers that's different to other broadcasters and fans, and I just wonder whether, whether any of the four of you also want to chip in on that. What do you think your department offers? Yeah, I mean, yeah, mainstream is an interesting one. I think premium mainstream is sort of, uh, you know, a, 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 a prefix that I would, uh, I, you know, in my team... Um, you know, we do look at things through through, through, through a particular lens, and, and and although it isn't always tangible content worth paying for, you know, is is guys, you know, you have to pay for it. So 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 therefore, we have to deliver programs that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of offer value and and, and keep people uh, engaged, really. So so in terms of a development lens and a filter, my, my team constantly sort of, you, you, I think all our teams do actually, you, you know, you look at look at ideas and look at new developments through that and. You know, um, I think we have to work hard at where we see our differences. You know, we we are. You know, I think the local, the the, the point about local uh, content, British British content, really is, is really key because we know we're, we're very sophisticated at speaking with our with our customers and with our audiences, and we know that that's something that they demand. Actually, you know, that not only do they, of course they love Game of Thrones and they love, uh, you know, the American shows like Succession, but um, but if they're going to pay for Sky, they, they, they also demand British shows that sort of are, are more local and reflect their world. So, so these are filters that we constantly use and, uh, and, and they're very useful, you know, they're very constructive for, for us. Over the past couple of years, it's, it's, it has definitely changed with Sky and if you look at a top 10 or a top 20 of our shows, um, the biggest performers are now our original shows by a country mile. We get our, our originals will get two plus million people. And uh, that's not the only aim of them. We want them to be talked about, to be loved. That's incredible. That's the most important thing about them. But they, they are the shows that our customers are telling us they want and they, they absolutely love. And even more so than what we used to, Sky, we used to have been known as. When it comes to weighing up the, the commercial risks versus the creative risks, how do you uh, approach that balance? Uh, I don't think there's a commercial, there's never been a commercial element to stop us do some, doing something. Mm -hmm. uh, it is not that. Uh, we are, it's about the creativity of an idea, about whether it's right for that, that brand, that content brand, and whether it's right for um, that, that, that time and evolution where we are. Um, it, it, we should, it should never have been, I don't, I don't think, and you'll correct me, um, 
I don't think that's ever been. We've never commercially not done something because it's because it's cost too much or it's mm. uh, it's the, the, the you know the deal's not right. There's always deals at Sky. If you come come to Sky, they're all different, and we'll make them work. People, you know, we do we work with everybody, um, and we, we you know we make sure that there's there's um, you know it's a it's a fruitful ongoing relationship. Do you want to talk us through a little bit about the commissioning for that? It's sister pictures. It is, um, and it is co-production with HBO. Who it's our first through a kind of um, stream of development where we've targeted some development with HBO, and I think what it speaks to. I think it's important to following from what Zai's saying, talk of the range. And I think that I think what we're proud of across the Sky Drama portfolio is the range of these pieces that hopefully will win awards, but also those really popular commissions with our subscribers like Bulletproof, Riviera, Discovery of Witches. And it is the combination of which that delivers content worth paying for. And I think that's the message we're all collectively driving towards. And I think that anything that anyone brings to us, it should have that, that badge, that talking point. So you're in work the next morning, you have to talk to your colleagues about this show you've seen on Sky, whether that's bulletproof, high-octane, buddy cop movie stuff, or whether it's Chernobyl, because that is a talk about television events. So, and it's that, it's that range that we're, it's really important to us in terms of what our subscribers are paying for. You used a really lovely phrase recently in an interview with Broadcast Magazine. You described your plans for drama as being evolution, not revolution. <coughs> Do you want to expand on that? Well, that's, I mean, everyone that's knows. I'm Partridge. I am Alan Partridge. No, I, um, everyone knows I've worked so closely with Anne for so long, so it would be completely inauthentic to go, right, brave new world, here's a whole new... Because we've worked so closely together, we've really built this together, and so we've got to keep on the journey that we're on because we're making a success of it, and that's for me and the team as a whole. So for me to kind of, yeah, I've said it really, it's got to evolve from where we've got to rather than thinking, right, we're starting again. And I think hopefully that's helpful for the creative community because I believe we've got good relationships with indies and there's a good process, and we'll be continuing that on. The development team is the same. We've made some recruitment on the exec producer side of the team. So Paul Gilbert and Cara Manley have joined the team. And um, well, Paul starts next week. And so it feels like we've got a, a good, robust team to continue the evolution of, of Sky Drama. Yeah. Yeah. There's always um, uh, you know, some creative renewal. But generally, the commissioning team at Sky has, has been incredibly, there's been continuity. And I think that is really helpful for the creative community. Yeah. In terms of talent, I mean, you are attracting the biggest stars. Um, you've also just announced, I think it was yesterday, <coughs> for Cobra. Robert Carlyle, Victoria Hamilton. Do you want to talk us through that one? Well, that's um, obviously a, um, it's a Ben Richards script. And I think our relationship with Ben from the tunnel was important. And I do genuinely believe in building kind of relationships for, for the long term. And I think that what Cobra does is it, it builds a kind of event piece on Sky One that appeals perhaps to a broader audience, but it still has all the thrills of a kind of disaster event movie. So it's six parts, it's a, it's, it's a complete story, but what does the UK do in a time of crisis? But why it's a Sky One commission, to, to Zai's point, is it is inherently heroic, um, but it's also infused with Ben's kind of humor, and it's all about it's as much about personal relationships and families as well as it is about politics. And it's a, it's a really exciting commission for us. And the talent that you talk to is attracted to it because of the writing and because of the production credentials behind it. So I'm being directed by Hans Herbert. Um, and yeah, it, it's the team at New Pictures who are exceptional. 
How important is it to you to reflect sort of a range of different backgrounds within your work? Really important. And actually, that is how Sky Studios evolved, because I think that what we recognise in this really competitive marketplace, we are constantly trying to reach new voices, other voices. But I think sometimes at the budget levels that we've been working at or the speed at which people want us to commission shows, there isn't that development time. Mm -hmm. And I think being honest about that and recognizing that means that we can actually work in a way that, that doubles down on the kind of tone that is important for particularly Sky One, um, but also being honest about um, the talent we're working with and, 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 and how we might work collectively. So in the case of Bulletproof, we have worked more closely with the editorial team. I was actually present in the writer's room um, a lot more than we would be on a, a more traditional commission. And I, I hope that that is about supporting the likes of Ashley Knoll and that team to really celebrate their voice. And that show is them, it, and that's why it's a success for us. The audience are loving that chemistry between them. So I think that we have to, as an industry, think how sometimes we might have to do things a bit differently if we're, if we're really true about bringing new voices or different voices or other voices through. Because, yeah, we all know as an industry we've got a challenge on our hands. But that is a priority to bring those new voices Absolutely, through, yeah. absolutely. But equally, I think that what we have to underline is we, we will only commission a certain scale of drama and we have to, on behalf of our customers, know that it's a premium quality and value, do you know what I mean? So we are rigorous on that as yeah. well. You established Sky Studios last year, and of course I know you've only been in this current role for yeah. a month. Yeah, about that, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the, the plans for Sky <coughs> Studios going ahead. Well, I think it, 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 it back to that using that word evolution. It is about recognising, I think, that in terms of, in the main, and I'm making huge generalisations here, the indie community is set up to make returns on investment in a very in the scripted market, quite a short time frame. And I think we all know those writers that are at the top of their game have built relationships over 10, 15 years. And I think that what we're trying to do is stimulate some development that might not necessarily hit screen, but build those creative relationships that could then feed onto some of our other shows. But also, by being innovative with development, we might strike out on an idea that feels wholly and truly original. And I think that comes back to all of us. I think at Sky, it is, it is part of Sky's kind of modus to be an innovator. And I think we need to kind of innovate the development process. I think the tradition of just um, pitch to treatment to pilot episode to commission doesn't always work. And it doesn't work if you're wanting to bring some other voices through. And I think, so that's very broadly the kind of ethos behind Sky Studio. It's not kind of too aggressively um, commissioned from Sky Studios, but it's also to recognize if we like a, a tone or flavor, like a Riviera or a Bulletproof, and we feel that can really work for our audience, what can we build around it to ensure that we can deliver it? So it's, I hope it's, it's supporting the industry as a whole, rather than feeling like this siloed, Studio is separate from everyone else. Yeah. It should be, feel like a, a, a conversation, really. Lots of lots of our, or some of our really interesting, different flavours of, of of drama have come from companies who are formerly the film companies. It's the first TV they're doing. So Britannia, Bulletproof, um, Brassic, and, and Riviera, and Brassic, and Brassic as well are all from from film companies, and they're the first time they're making TV. And this is part of helping that transition. Yeah, absolutely. 
Thank you, Cameron. Very interesting. Um, we will be moving on to comedy and John. Can we just clarify that no Shetland ponies, pigeons or llamas were hurt in the making of Brassic? They definitely weren't, no. Good to no. know. Good. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. Tell me a little bit about how you commissioned that. And, and uh, yeah, so that's from Calamity, which is, as I was saying, a, a, a principally a kind of film uh, uh, company, really. And um, it's Joe Gilgan who played Woody in This Is England, and it's really his, uh, it's his story. And, it, and, 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 and the truth is... Um, Emma, that in real life, Joe did paint a Shetland pony black because the one he stole was the wrong colour. Um, and actually, that's how he pitched the show to me uh, in, in, uh, with, with David. The, the greatest the... elevator pitch I think I've ever heard. It really heard. is. It really is, honestly. I, I thought he was telling me this story and I was like, great, so what show do you want to pitch? And he went, no, that was it. Um, and, and actually, that speaks to something that really we are keen to... to so, so authenticity, you know, to, a lot of our shows have got a, a, a greater or lesser degree of um, autobiography in them so so in the long run the, the Idris Elba series that we're currently in the studio with in for the second one is is his sort of you know heightened uh, version of him growing up in, in East London in, in the 80s um, Ramesh Ranganathan's show also shooting this week um, Reluctant Landlord is is a true story Ramesh's dad left him a pub uh, and, and actually sort of one of his roots into stand-up was because he he was running this failing pub and he put a comedy night on and he and he couldn't get anyone to compare, so he compared, and the rest is sort of history. Um, but Brassic, yeah, um, uh, uh, D David Livingston is the producer, and he produced the film Pride, um, which Joe Gilgan was in, uh, as was Dominic West, actually. And, um, and they pitched this, this, this wonderful array of kind of stories which um, were really, really full of heart, but also just hilarious, you know, just genuinely funny. Um, and, uh, and I knew that Dominic, because of their involvement with, with Pride, uh, w was a massive supporter of Joe Gilgan's and, 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 and had heard this Shetland Pony story and, and, and the rest of it. And, um, you know, was keen to sort of be involved, really. So, uh, and then uh, we, we Joe, Joe's brilliant at sort of downloading his life story from the Northwest, but, but, but um, we, we hooked him up with um, Danny Brocklehurst, who... Um, who most people will know is a, is a very established writer, uh, and, and uh, yeah, we, 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 we cobbled cobbled together. We came, we came out with <laughs> we came out with Brassic, but it's um, you know it's it's really joyous and uh, it, it's 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 celebratory. It's uh, it's a gang show meets a love triangle, and they're really proud of where they come from. So it's not this grim northern kind of thing, which I think you see a lot. That was quite important for us. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're super excited about it. There's there's also koi carp in it. There's a there's a range of animals. In it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was really important having Michelle Keegan in that cast as well. Indeed, yes, yes, Michelle, yes. So Michelle's someone that had worked with Danny Brocklehurst uh, in, in the past, and um, so you know we, the, the authenticity of the cast and the, and, and the you know the the, the appropriateness of, of the story just, it was just a very big deal for us. And, and and I was talking earlier about the filters that we looked through, and we just felt that this was you know a uniquely sort of British story actually, with a with with a huge sense of place to the show, which is key. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I do want to stress that it's not a sort of another northern kind of grim working class thing at all. It's, it's, it's very different from that. Um, you know, it felt like a, a TV show worth paying for. It felt really different. Uh, and, you know, uh, the show has made me laugh and cry in, in equal measure. And, and, that, and that's, you know, we, we talk about comedy drama a lot because actually there's an audience need for comedy drama. It's not... We, you know, it's not what we want to do. It's kind of what our customers want, really. And I think 
this sort of is a sweet spot of, of that Brasset, and, and we're really excited about it. And um, you know, I, I, whenever I show it to people at Sky, marketing people, press people, uh, Gary, my boss, um, well, no, Zara's my boss, but um, <laughs> they, they, all, they all compliment me on, 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 well, not me, but they compliment the show on, on, on its quality and, and all of those things, and that's really pleasing, you know, and I think um, we're really excited for it. Along with you, you've talked about authenticity and, and a British voice and so on. Is there a particular tone um, as well that you're really looking for? So we, we, we've got two very clear slots, and I think that they are helpful, particularly in this case for, for indies. You know, uh, uh, there's a 10 o'clock, which is the half hours, which is where in the long run and Reluctant Landlord and uh, in the, the bulk of our show is played, but also 9 o'clock, which is, which is the comedy drama slot, which is the hour longs. We've just finished a run uh, called Living the Dream. Um, I think there's, there's range of tone within that, but, but I think that, uh, you know, I, I keep c come back to this sort of idea that once you've put the kids to bed and you can pour a glass of wine or whatever, roll a cigarette, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, th th that's what we want to deliver, you know, at 10, 10 o'clock in particular, that we want a half hour of, uh, you know, funny, uh, quality, premium <coughs> shows that are sort of box-settable as well. Increasingly, you know, we've got Bounty Hunters with Jack Whitehall and Rosie Perez, which launched uh, the second series this week. Uh, which is available as a, as a box set on Sky One. You can do, you can do the whole lot, and I think because they're half hours and, and, and actually they're they're less than that in real time. You take the adverts out; they're really consumable. And uh, so uh, so so tonally, uh, grown up, edgy ish, risky ish, um, but but um, but you know we're not looking always for Chernobyl. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a different that's a different thing. But, but, yeah. In terms of format, are you specifically comedy. looking yeah. for that half-hour series, or are you quite open to shorts, mm. one-offs? Well, um, so shorts, we, we've had a pretty successful run of doing shorts, and that's that's a, 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 an area where we hothouse. Uh, you know, Cameron was talking about development and, and, and future relationships and with one eye on the future and the ecology of the future. We, we do shorts, which are avail available on demand. Uh, we, we won a BAFTA, actually, for one of our shorts, um, uh, uh, which was uh, came from Merm and Sharon Horgan's company with Morgana Robinson, um, and and that was really pleasing actually because it was an initiative to, to uh, you know I think it's fair to say certainly in comedy that there aren't enough female directors around. We we did a season where we just we just wanted them to be directed by females because we wanted to stimulate you know the talent pool really and 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 and, and happily uh, we won a BAFTA off of that with with um, Morgana and Sharon so um, so 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 yeah shorts um, sit on demand for us um, one offs we kind of tend to do at Christmas we do family pieces at Christmas so we did Ratburger with David Williams and we did Queen and I Christmas just gone with David Williams again. Um, but uh, but so sorry. What was the original question? Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Just do you have a preference? And I guess the answer to that will be no. <laughs> well, no. One offs literally are only at Christmas. Yes. And yes. That's, the, that's the only time we ever look at something that is a family. Yes. That's the and, it's, and there's a couple a year tops. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. But they're really useful for Sky Kids as well as yeah. Sky One. Yeah. yeah. But 10 p.m. is a really good useful that's, guide. It's yeah. half hours at the bulk of the comedy yeah. late, and then we're now edging into, and we'd like more. Uh, of the of the comedy drama, yeah. But that's happy. We're happy for that to sit wherever it comes. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of rising ta talent, uh, Cameron has already talked a bit about it from his point of view, and you mentioned bringing Danny in there. Yeah. Um, are you very much looking to nurture new talent? Are you looking to find new writing talent? Yeah. Um, always. You know. I think. Uh, I think we have to have the confidence that 
all, all elements of a show can deliver as director, writer, or, or, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think that, again, the shorts have, been, have proved to be a breeding ground for, ver for, for very new voices, and, and, uh, and that's been pretty profitable for us as well. So um, it's a combination, you know. I think actually Joe Gilgan's an interesting example of that. Joe had all these stories to tell, but didn't really have the, you know, the, uh, the structure and the discipline and, and bringing Danny on board has, has given him that. And actually it's a, re it's a really, uh, you know, we talk a lot about dynamic combinations and from a writing perspective, Joe and Danny are incredibly dynamic. But on screen, you know, our shows, I, I, one of the things that, as well as autobiography or authenticity that, uh, that we, we think about a lot is, is just the surprise. How can we surprise our customers with, with, with on-screen talent? So, so Idris Elba and Bill Bailey, I, I can't think of a more surprising combination in British <laughs> television history, right? But, um, uh, and then we've got, you know, we've got two Cole Pilkingtons, for example, which to me is a combination. Um, we, we, we've got uh, Jack, I talk about Jack Whitehall and Rosie Perez. We've got mm. David Williams and Sheridan Smith in, in, in Ratburger. So um, across our shows, really, I, I'd like to think, you know, Michelle Keegan and Joe and Dominic West, I'd like to think that um, the combination of, of on-screen talent is brilliant, funny, but, but surprising with a capital S. I feel like there are going to be lots of people going home and thinking, how can I delve into my past and think of the weirdest thing I did as a kid and then go and pitch to John? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's the answer, Absolutely, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you. What an extraordinary wealth of talent you attract to Sky Arts. The breadth of talent, I know. Well, Sky, Sky Arts is unique in that it's the only dedicated arts and culture channel in Britain, and we create more content than anybody else. And over the last few years, we worked really hard, I think, to build up the... Um, to build up the channel to what it is today, and that's working both with talent and with indies. Um, we're very collaborative. We're at the point now where we actually um, don't have, it's a great position to be in, but we don't have any problem attracting great talent to the channel. I think that comes from a thing that we've all alluded to, which is the lack of meddling. Yes. So um, we are, we're very collaborative with indies. We're not prescriptive in terms of what we do. I think the tone of the channel is pretty clear. Um, and... And we've had great successes. So we have our tenpole shows like um, landscape artist, portrait artist, and master photography. We have things, and funny enough, this week, which we're very proud of, were for two RTS awards, and they couldn't be more different offerings, the Glyborn Opera Cup and the Art of Drumming. <laughs> so that kind of gives you an example of the breadth of content that comes through. And Phil, who runs the channel, who isn't here today, works very closely with John. Um, and the comedy team to produce Urban Myths, which of course has gone on to great success. Yeah. And with Cameron and then with me and my team who work in both entertainment and arts. So yeah, we're very proud of the channel. And as I said, it's in a very unique position. And what we're doing actually at the moment is we constantly, we look at how we're going to progress the channel, what we want to do next. So um, we, what we want to do is create now more cultural conversation, more cultural debate. So we're very good for our three-part series get pitched a lot of that, a lot of music, a lot of we don't need any more um, competitive formats, for example. So we've taken a bit of a pause back. And what we're looking to do now is to work more directly with artists to create more cultural conversation. And a bit of an example of that, actually, is we have a thing which has just started, uh, which is Art 50, which is a cultural response to the B word, dare I say it, um, to <laughs> Art today, 50. Please. Yes, not today, I know. Um, <laughs> So essentially in that, and that also goes back to new voices and giving people who don't normally have a voice a chance to talk about or to make programs 
um, that they feel really passionate about. So this was thrown out really to the great British public, not just to Indies, to the much wider uh, arts and culture community. And we gave 50 commissions to 50 different people. Um, and they are all being shown now. We worked with um, different organizations, the Barbican, the Sage, the Baltic, all kinds of people. And again, that's been really, really interesting. And that's kind of prompted us to think about doing that even more. So for example, we had Nitin Sawney, who's rewritten the national anthem. It's probably not going to be the official national anthem, but <laughs> nevertheless, it's an alternative. And Lem Sisse, who's rewritten the constitution. We worked with school kids who've wrote, written poetry about what it feels like. It's about national identity and being British, essentially, and a response to something that's bigger and that's impacting on all our lives daily, sadly. Um, so yeah, so art is broad in its reach, uh, and it's very popular. And we're very keen also, I think, as everybody has said, really, to bring in new voices. And that's not just on screen, it's very much off screen. We work with the National Film and Television School, and actually they've done a thing for John, I think, with an urban myth. Yes. Um, yeah. And again, with short flicks, which is working with up and coming writers. We run writers' workshops. So we're very keen to progress that. As we said, it's all about the next generation. And that conversation them. kind of bleeds across all departments. Yeah. So a film that came out of Art 50 which is on Sky Arts in two weeks' time. Yeah. We're having conversations with the writers and the creators behind that. Just because I think those conversations, everything yeah. should prompt a conversation Absolutely. going forward. Right? Absolutely. And I think that's really interesting, exactly as Cameron said. <coughs> you know, that, that wasn't pitched with an idea of creating something from out of it. It was, we want to listen to what you have to say and when you have something interesting to say. I mean, I think that's the thing that we all do at Sky. If our customers engage um, with something, we stick with it. You know, if they don't like it, we don't stick with it. If there's something there that we think has the essence of something, then we stick with it and we grow it. And that's really, I think, important, both with on-screen, off-screen talent. Mm. Um, and also, you know, we're in a great position. We love arts. We're really, really proud of, of arts. We've worked incredibly hard with the indies, um, who've been just amazing. And I think we've done some great content together. And it's just always about progressing it. We don't want to rest on our laurels. We want to keep it moving forward and to engage. You know, I mean, Phil always says, let's leave a footprint. Let's, so what we're looking at is it not just a being about telly, it's how do we leave a footprint out in the wider world. So that's the aim, the goal. I, I don't want to call it a testing ground exactly, because that seems a little unfair, but something like Urban Myths does seem like a, a good opportunity to just see how somebody works. Yeah, I think so. I mean, John will be able to talk more yeah, I mean, from um, comedy about... So ha happily, we, we're announcing series three of Urban Myths. I think it's already out there, actually, or it might be at lunchtime. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Urban Myths, I think, is a way of doing narrative comedy about arts and culture. It's actually quite tricky because Phil and Barbara are really passionate about the fact that, uh, like their audience, arts and culture is the most important thing on the channel. Um, uh, and so, you know, we, what, we, we, we just want to try and do comedy through that lens. And Urban Myths has, pro has proved to be a really useful format for that, actually. You'll notice that all our Urban Myths, which are, which are basically sort of true stories about arts and cultural figures, um, comedic stories, hopefully. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that, so, so we did one about the Sex Pistols last year when they famously swore on Bill Grundy's TV show. And um, the, the, most of the cast for that show was drawn from National Youth Theatre. Um, so, so that was a, you know, Phil in particular was keen to work with, with them and to, to kind of keep the pipeline of, of new talent um, strong. And then the, for this coming season, we 
have worked with Stephen Mangan's company, actually, with the National Television and Film School, uh, alumni. Um, so the writer and the producer of, of his urban myth, which is about Charles Dickens uh, meeting Hans Christian Andersen uh, and Hans Christian Andersen outstaying his welcome at Charles Dickens' house. It's really funny. <laughs> it's um, with, with Ian Hart and Stephen Mangan playing Dickens. Um, yeah, that, that, that's uh, with National Film and Television School. So, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, it can be an experimental thing. The, the budgets are quite small, actually, for those. Uh, but, but actually, that's a creative challenge that I think lends to their DNA. But, um, you know, the, in the long run, just, just to, 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 to give you an example of, of, of arts being a breeding ground, uh, in the long run, was it was it was it was a one-off sh uh, thing that Idris wanted to do about uh, growing up, and and that turned to, through various conversations into a more of a mainstream premium show about his family, his dad, how funny they actually were in real life, and uh, you know, without arts, I don't think we would have got that because we got Idris's initial engagement, and then we're able to build and grow it. Barbara, moving on to entertainment, what yes. are you looking for? Are you looking for a particular format in terms of live studio-based? Are you looking for talent-fronted? Mm. So I think really what's worked well for us is comedy entertainment. I mean, A League of Their Own uh, is in its 10th year. We're celebrating our 10th year this year mm -hmm. in its 14th series. And that's sort of the jewel in the crown, really, because it's an incredibly popular show. It really resonates with viewers. There's a huge love for it. Um, John was talking about laughing and crying, and I have cried with laughter <laughs> looking at League. It's a different emotion, but it's hilariously <laughs> funny. Uh, and I think that really sums up a lot of what Sky One Entertainment is. It's quite grown up. You know, it plays at nine o'clock at night. It, it repeats really well for us. And I think at the centre of it really is a real... It's about the chemistry between the players, and that's grown over the years. You know, it's, you don't create that chemistry overnight. It doesn't really happen. And when we have a show that works well, we get behind it and support it. And I think that's a real example of how we support that show. Yeah. And the other thing is, I will say, um, to credit the production company who make it, again, going back to that thing we do talk about, and I think we're all really proud of it, is we are there to support shows at the beginning and you know, to give them a sense of what, how we want the show to grow and what Sky Tone is. And then we let them get on with it. And I think that's a real credit to them, actually. Um, and uh, so that's one show, and from that really then is springing all of these other comedy entertainment. Russell Howard came to Sky, and he's found a very happy, comfortable home, I think. Uh, we have um, comedians watching football. We had Robin Rom, actually, which was a great little series, and I say a little series because it actually turned out to be quite a sleeper hit. And I think, again, at the heart of that is a chemistry between two people, so it's very engaging. You buy into relationships, and I think that's a really key thing for us, and it feels authentic. It doesn't feel like you've just stuck two people together and went, go be funny, pretend to be friends. Um, so from that, we're looking for more comedy entertainment. We are shortly going to announce two new commissions, which I can't do today. Um, so yeah, we're looking for more comedy entertainment, I think with a kind of post-watershed sensibility, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we're necessarily just looking for swearing or nudity. We're just talking about those adult <laughs> themes. It goes back to your glass of wine or rolling a cigarette. Don't put it at 10 o'clock. Um, we did, I'll talk about what doesn't work for us actually, because I think it's equally as important. So um, last year we sent a brief out to the indie community that responded brilliantly. We wanted big, high-end entertainment shows with movie tropes at their heart. Um, and we commissioned some of them, and I have to say they were all brilliantly made, but they just didn't really land with our audience. Okay. And I think we learned from that together with the indies is that what Sky customers don't respond to, and it comes back to this point of difference and the fact that they're subscribers, they're paying for it, they didn't respond to closed episodes in an entertainment format. Mm -hmm. 
and yet something that they have responded to is the heist, which is a factual entertainment piece. But again, that comes back to how we all sort of bleed in together. That's very much got a drama sensibility at its heart. So it had it's a, funny. It's funny. And it's funny. It? it had an unpredictable nature. You know, you couldn't predict what the outcome was going to be. It's funny. So tonally, it really landed. But so it also it's, it's, it has adult themes. It's it's yeah. jeopardy in that show, whereas exactly. the other shows we made like Carnage and Revolution were yeah. really well executed shows. But they were for a broader. They ended up being for a broader, more family audience, probably yeah. even a tea time terrestrial audience. And that's not what Sky One was about. Exactly. I mean, um, I think they probably would have landed really well yeah. on another broadcaster, but just our customers didn't resonate. No. They and don't. So they don't come to that for that shared family. No. They get that elsewhere. They don't need yeah. that from us, except at Christmas. Exactly. Um, yeah. But the rest of the year, they want something yeah. that's. For them, they pay the bill and they think, I want they this. They pay the bill and they know, they know they're not going to get it elsewhere. So I think that was a big, we learned that together with the indies. You know, we try things, we take risks. You know, there, we all know there's no formula to guarantee success for anything. But I think it's understanding how people respond and what's at the heart of our entertainment output. So that's what we're looking to grow. And, you know, Moomins have been around for a very long time. I read them when I was a kid. <laughs> um, it's a multi-generational appeal. But when this was brought to me, it was very clearly, you know, not only was it a fantastic underlying property that we all have memories of, but it was such a fantastic creative team. So directed by Steve Box, who won an Academy Award for um, Wallace and Gromit. Um, Huckabee and Osler had written the scripts. I'd always wanted to work with them, really fantastic writing talent. And the production being split partly in Bristol and um, the animation, which as you can see is state-of-the-art and beautiful, um, being done in Malaysia, uh, but all driven by the most amazing creative team in Finland who really held on to Toby Janssen's original work mm -hmm. and made sure that that ran through the 26 episodes. Yeah, it feels exactly as you think it ought to if you, if you read the books. And just in case anybody was struggling to play some of those voices, I mean, unbelievable. Taron Egerton, Rosamund Pike, Matt Berry, Kate Actual Winslet, <laughs> Warwick Davis, Matt Lucas, Jennifer Saunders, Alison Steadman, Richard Iowardy. It's extraordinary. And again, we keep going back to talent, but... It is. It, it, it comes down to talent. It comes down to... But it also comes down to the execution. Um, there have been other versions of that show, um, but... For Sky, it had to be really big and really premium and worth paying for. And something that I could, you know, persuade Zai to put on Sky One as <laughs> a, a, a moment, um, because those family moments on Sky One, as we've already talked about, tend to be high days and holidays. But this really is something that would appeal to cross ages. And are you looking for more animation or are you looking for different? We've got 11 live channels and 5,000 episodes on demand. So we look for some things that are really distinctive and original. And that can either be in a, um, a format or a genre or appealing to a demographic that we haven't got a lot of content for. So the Athena, which Cameron mentioned earlier, 26-part drama for older kids um, who are really well served by Nickelodeon and Disney in terms of the American drama sitcoms. But... For British comedy, uh, sorry, British drama with a very diverse cast and a very English feel to it. That was why we wanted to make a make that show. Um, but we also start we we can develop things from very small beginnings. So we've also commissioned shorts. In the case of Aliens of Underpants, that started as shorts with music because we needed some music. Um, but that grew because it was so popular and the tiger aspect did such a great job 
making the shorts that we made up a Christmas special as well. But we also look in unusual places. We've commissioned a show that we found on Kickstarter, for example. Um, but it came from a really obvious need with a young mum who just, you know, had her first child and discovered that there wasn't that much great music for young kids. So it was writing and she happened to be a brilliant animator, that helped. <laughs> um, and we're also developing new shows. We've got a really great new young comedy talent that we're developing a show with, which John's team will be across from a comedy, comedy angle because, you know, I think this cross-fertilisation we've all talked about on the panel, just because it's kids, you know, kids is often seen as a genre very outside all the others, but it's still really important that we've got that drive for great talent which can cross over and from the sky kids app as well of course yeah so we um you know it, kids is really unusual because we have two audiences we have the kids and we also have their parents who are paying the bills <laughs> and for parents safety is so important so we really make sure that the environment in which our kids content is served up is as safe as possible so the kids app is obviously a closed environment and we're launching next month a safe mode, which means you can go to bed on a Friday night and set the box for kids' shows only and know that you don't have to get up and stop them watching <laughs> The Walking Dead in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah, Great parenting. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we, do, we think really hard, and we also think really hard about changing habits because kids obviously are, um, you know, they play games. We have games on our kids' app. We commission games and interactive content as well as... Um, traditional TV shows, uh, but we're also looking for formats that we we haven't had. So we commissioned FYI, which is a kids' news show produced by kids, sorry, presented by kids for kids and produced by a very experienced <laughs> team. Um, That's the next step, though, Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> you know, but kids are really interested in the world around them and in news. It's really hard explaining Brexit. So it's... I don't think we understand it. How yeah. are they meant to? <laughs> but actually, we've had feedback from quite a few adults saying that the kids explaining Brexit actually makes it quite simple. <laughs> Does it make it any less awful, though? No. no. <laughs> no. Right, so with, with those 11 channels we've got there, they are... Um, <clears throat> mostly American. Um, they are. So, so the commissioning and what Lucy's mm. driving through is filling in some of the genre gaps, and that's why yep. the FYI is really important that we will do new. We will commission news for our local, authentic news for Absolutely. our. Absolutely, and kids want to see their own lives and hear their own voices um, represented. But you know the, the channels we've got are fantastic, and they are predominantly <coughs> American. So, what we commission generally is British. Fabulous. Thank you very much, everybody. There will be tons of questions, I'm sure. Um, there are microphones roving around, so if you want <coughs> to stick your hand up and grab one, uh, let's know who you are and who your question is for. How many great. times a day does John Montague go to the... <laughs> <laughs> quite a few. John, you're going to have a very difficult day in the office, I think. <laughs> I'm not going back there. Does anybody want to kick off? Uh, there's one here. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Cameron, how much of your drama is uh, based on source material as opposed to wholly original uh, scripts? Um, that is a very, very good question. I, don't, I think probably about six to seven years ago, there was a real 
um, association with particularly Sky One and shows that have been developed from pre-existing IP. So obviously the success of Strike Back came through that way, the Martina Coles. I think that because um, if we are to kind of do an adaptation, I think that that is almost secondary to the conversation of why is the show important to Sky and what drives the conversation with our subscriber. So I think just an adaptation isn't enough. Um, it needs to um, prompt a conversation in a different way. So I'm just, I honestly can't tell you exact figures. I'm trying to think, and then I'll no, like say Discovery, something. Discovery, Patrick Melrose, they yeah, will yeah. exist. But I think the, IP, the, but. the good point, in terms of Patrick Melrose, it's a good um, one to reference, because I think the writing of David that brought that accessibility to that piece um, and, and actually emphasize a humor and a tone within that piece that wasn't bleak. It went to some very difficult, distressing places, but that the cleverness of, of David's writing is why it was right for Sky. I think it's a good, good example. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's one down in the second row here. I mean, IP is really important and useful because it gives you a pre-existing fan base or jump, jumping off point, but it's not the be all and end all for us. I think that's right, yeah. Oh, that lady there, yeah, thank you. Hi, I'm Emily. Good morning. Good morning. Um, this is a, another question for John. Um, so <laughs> I had a referral from... Yeah, you're popular this morning. I had a referral from Anne before she left to, to you, and you very kindly emailed back, which was lovely. And then I sent in the project, and obviously you're very busy. And then I met with Morwenna at the um, New Voice Awards. <laughs> yes. And so she's now looking at the project yeah. as well, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but key question, I, I do have a film company, mm -hmm. um, but I've never made television before. And I'm wondering, would I potentially, or is it more realistic in general, for me to connect with a TV company that makes television that you guys already commissioned to get your attention properly? Because cause I'm just um, wondering, because you yeah. don't know who I am, yeah. that it, it kind of goes to the bottom of the pile? Uh, well, not necessarily. I mean, you know, uh, first of all, thanks for mentioning Morwenna, and I, I really meant to mention my commissioning team earlier. I've got Morwenna Gordon and Talusha Galani and Josh Cole, who, who are a brilliant team, actually, and, um, you know, very accessible. Uh, so, so, so keep that in mind. I mean, you know, I, I think it, it depends on the quality of the idea. It depends perhaps on the ideas you have ar around it for talent. Um, I, I guess, you know, depending on how, I don't know how big your film company is, but often we will try and put the right support mechanisms in place for you if, if, you, if you need them. So, you know, we, we will, we're very good at enabling if we feel that the idea is right for us. I mean, we have talked, haven't we, about hooking people up yeah. and yeah. saying earlier. And that goes across all genres, I, I think. I mean, we are one of the few broadcasters, actually, who take meetings regularly. We don't have commissioning rounds, and I think so we're very accessible. And as I said, we try to be as speedy as we can. And really, for us, it's all about the idea. And I think if the idea is right, regardless sort of, of where it's come from, we can through, you know, we have amazing uh, production teams that we work with, production colleagues, and we can support ideas coming through if they fit all the other criteria that we need. So it's not a bar to entry, I wouldn't say. Don't think you need to attach an indie yet. No. Let's see if it's no. the right idea, and then we can do yeah. it with you. Or I also, what, I also right think route. that if, if, if it is the right idea for Sky, and we recognize that, then mm. we, will build, we can build mechanisms yeah. around it. I think that 
in our experience, there has been some occasions where people have hurried to build those partnerships, but actually that hasn't been yeah. necessarily the best way to develop the project for Sky. So, I mean, I would hope that across the board, so if it's a brilliant idea... So you prefer it to be idea, more pure, that it comes in yeah. um, and then you yeah. can place it. And also, I think we're better at having early stage conversations yes. where ideas are very much in their infancy. I think from a scripted place, mm -hmm. anything that feels too packaged up is actually not always as useful mm. for us. And certainly on arts, we commission a lot from very small indies, um, and we can you know, put a structure around them or cope with them. It really is all about the idea. It's the idea first. If it's right That's for great. us, then we take it to the next stage. That's a thank really you. useful question. Thank you. I think that will be relevant to a lot of people. Thank you very much. I think we have time for one or two more. Uh, there's one here. Thank you. Um, hi. Um, you started by stressing the importance of uh, local content and actually uh, having shows about modern Britain. And so I was curious how Chernobyl came, came and how was the process? <laughs> Were you first, you know, was there a resistance about doing a film about, you know, a few decades ago and in Russia? I was really curious because, you know... Well, there's, there's, there's a mix of what, there's a definitely a mix of what we have, in, especially in scripted, and jump, Jay Hammond will jump in, but... The, you know, the, the, the direction of travel is to be more local. I think Save, Save Me has shown us uh, and was such a huge hit for the audiences critically. It was it hit across the board in every possible metric we could have. Um, that, that we want to lean into that more. Previously, I think in Drama on Atlantic, we had been and we continue to, to commission big worlds and they can be... Um, they, they've, they've got a British sensibility to the storytelling, but they are international. They're big international cable shows. Tin Stars in Canada, Rivieras in you know in Nice. Um, uh, but I think it's, it's useful to think if you think of Sky Atlantic, think of it as three streams of programming. So the first stream is the Atlantic kind of landmark event pieces. So it is things like Chernobyl, Patrick Melrose, Catherine the Great. But I would always say there is a relevance for our customer base. So with Chernobyl, I don't think our customers or any of us knew how close Europe as a whole was close to the brink. And I think when you realize that and understand and understand the heroism of those individuals, and that is a really, um, that, that's very relatable for our audience. And then the second stream, to Zai's point, is those more international facing series, Tin Stars, Britannia, Riviera. They've all got a, a British or a relatable element to them, but they're more about worlds. And then the third stream is that Save Me strand, which is much more about kind of provocative voices, um, big emotional, but they are very much about the British voice. So I think that's, that's the scale and yeah. breadth of Atlantic. But even in that, that international middle <coughs> ground that we're talking about, even those, I think we are being, we're much more uh, attuned and we're much more alive to things that have got a British location now. Yeah, it's no coincidence that in Riviera, for example, season two, we have got Juliet Stevenson joining the cast, and season one, we had Adrian Lester. It, otherwise, that show would have felt like a, an acquisition, and our audience wouldn't have valued it as much. We have to communicate to them that it has a British credentials and a British sensibility within it. But then you look at everything, and that's only on Atlantic. On Sky One, everything is really very, very British. All of the comedy, you know, British humour is very specific, yeah. uh, and all of, the, all of the dramas as well, actually, I think. Yeah, so even Jamestown, set in America, is about British a group colony. of British. British. Um, we started two minutes late, so I'm going to squeeze in one more yeah. and hope that BAFTA don't shout at me. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thanks. Thanks. Um, hi. Um, 
Barbara Lee said something interesting. Um, you said that audiences didn't respond to closed episodes. And um, I was wondering if, if that might apply also to drama. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, do you mean like standalone episodes wouldn't do as well as something with a, with a heavy serial content? I'm just curious to know about that. Yeah, I suppose what I meant from an entertainment point of view is for very heavily formatted shows, where basically you bring in a different cast every week, but essentially they're doing the same thing. Um, and actually, we spoke to drama a lot about how they have that, how basically how you pull an audience in from week to week. Um, and so the example I gave of the heist, which had very much got a drama sensibility, so that it had an unpredictable outcome. You didn't have a winner at the end of an episode, and you started again the following week and found another winner, and then you had your semi-final and your final. They, our customers, don't respond to those. And I think it goes back to the, again the very essence of Sky, which is, if they're going to pay for it, they want something that's very different. That kind of offering is available elsewhere. So that kind of drama sensibility within our entertainment shows. Comedy is different. I think like League of Their Own is different because you have a returning cast, but every week it's different. There are different guests. They're up to all different kinds of hijinks with different BTs. Um, but in drama, I mean, in all drama, I guess there's always a narrative pull pulling you through. It's a whole story from beginning to end. And in a way, that's what the heist was. We started at one point, and we didn't know where we were going to end up. Not necessarily a show like um, Midsummer Murders, for instance. They're all I think what we would say from a drama perspective is that we need to ensure there is a continuing narrative. But I think that I do recognize that as an industry, we've moved a, away a lot from story of the week. But what we encourage, particularly on the Sky One dramas, is for an audience, you have um, a feeling of resolution, satisfaction within the episode that, yes, you've got a hook into the forward narrative but you have the feeling of completion. And so quite often on shows like Bulletproof, um, we would talk about the atmosphere or the sense of place of the week. So for example, in season two, the team have got episodes in Amsterdam or Cyprus, and that's, that's a way of marking it for the audience. So it, again, it's about how the audience talk about the show. Oh, did you see last night's episode, the boys were in Amsterdam or whatever? It, it, it's helpful framing it with that kind of almost story of the week sensibility, but I think to Barbara's point, we know our audience love that box set kind of mm. mentality. So it, it is a tricky balance, but honestly, we are open to those shows that are story of the week, particularly on Sky One, but I think as an industry, we have kind of moved away from it. So mm. it, it is, there is room for innovation there, I think. Brilliant, thank you very much. I'm afraid that is Really all we've got time for. Um, thank you so much for coming down, and let me thank our panellists again. Sorry, Bennett, Lucy Murphy, Cameron Roach, Bob Lee, and Tom